Welcome to the show. You're listening to Hope Radio Podcast, stories, profiles, and interviews of courage, triumph, and perseverance. My name, my name is Sean Davis. I happen to be your humble host. And joining me, as always, my hostess with the mostest, my beautiful wife. Her name is... Just Jennifer. What? <laughs> you shook it up on me today. You were always keeping me guessing. That's my real name. I know it is, but you yeah. don't use that name. No, I never introduce myself as Jennifer. You are always Jen. Just Jen. Yeah. And don't ever make the mistake of calling you Jenny. I don't like Jenny. I know. It sounds so weird. It's a female donkey. Jennifer. It is. Really? Yeah. Look at it. Why would they call a female donkey a Jenny? Because Jenny's a female donkey? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I learned that in school. So I never went by Jenny, and I never went by my real last name. You should go by Jada. Jada? Yeah. Okay. J- J- Jedda. Jedi. No, I was Jedi. thinking like J-Lo. Like, you should be J-Da. No, I don't want to be like her. I want to be Jen the Jedi. Ooh. Jedi Jen. That has a ring. Yeah. I like it. I could be a Jedi. Let's make it happen. Okay. <laughs> Jedi Jen. <laughs> I love it. How are you doing today? You know what? I am okay, but I freaked out a little bit. What? Because there was somebody in our house this morning at like 1.30. What are you talking about? They were hovering over my bed. Jennifer, what are you saying? So I woke up really scared at 1.30 with chill bumps all over my body because there was this presence of this white figure it wasn't a body it was just a thing lurking over me while i slept really yes was it scary it was really scary i can't shake it i keep looking behind me i'm really scared why but you said you you chill bumps like so did you was it like fear like you're in danger or was it like just you're in the presence of something majestic i wasn't scared it wasn't a scary feeling it was just like a Oh my gosh, feeling like this has happened to me several times. Where was I? Last night? Yeah. You woke up at the same time. It was what? really weird. Yeah. So I thought you heard or saw or it was just bizarre. I mean, Whoa. this has happened to me several times. Do you remember that one time where the hand went across yes. my neck? Yes. And I could feel every single finger. You're giving me goosies Swiping now. across my neck. And again, I wasn't scared. I didn't feel scared. I felt. This is weird, right? <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, so that's how I feel this morning. I'm looking behind me all day long. So it's affected your day in a negative way? Um, no, I'm just on alert. Interesting. Yeah. Well. It's the pandemic. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I guess I'm at a loss. I don't know what to say. Yeah. That's quite an experience. Yeah. I just wonder if it's going to happen again tonight. I hope not. If it does, wake me up. I want to participate. It was almost like I was paralyzed. I couldn't even move. Like I was like, oh gosh, oh gosh. Well, I got to tell you, I didn't know nothing. Yeah. I just, well, you know, I didn't hear nothing. Is. I didn't know nothing. I'm here. It wasn't, it wasn't a bad thing. It was just what it was. Fascinating. Fascinating. That's so fascinating. I All know. right. Um, I thought what we would do as we kind of open up the show now for a little humor is that we would play like a word association game instead of doing joke time. Okay. Like immediate word association, like you 30 seconds, me 30 seconds. All right. And we're going to see how long it takes us to start laughing because I know something (laughs) is going to make us laugh. So do you want to go first? I always laugh. I know. Is this, is this a game you want to play? Cause you always lose the jokes and, and you want me to laugh and lose. No. Okay. No. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Red. Green. Tree. 
Shrub. Lake. Tahoe. Pillow. Case. Really? <laughs> Bed. Love. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Wait, you love. You laugh. I know. I always laugh. You make me laugh. I love my bed. All right. I love sleeping. All right. It's my so, favorite. Your turn. Okay. Ready? Yes. House. Houses. Chocolate. Peanut butter. Saw. Finger. Ew. <laughs> you. Because I almost cut off my finger, remember? Oh, yeah. Safety like, the, I came really, really close to, like, that was that was not good. I was not being safe. Yeah, that's not good. Okay, keep going. Uh, rainbow. You. Really? Yeah. Okay. Sparkle. Athletic. Oh. <laughs> way to plug the girls. Yeah, we know some friends. Sparkle Athletic. Glitter. No. <laughs> No. Immediately when you said glitter, yeah. I imagine you've done this to me a couple times, or maybe Colby did. I can't, I don't, I don't know. But throwing glitter, like it gets everywhere. Like That's you what, cannot get it at, if it's in your hair, it's, it's on your skin, it's in your, like that crease in your eye that you can't get to and except scrubbing your eye like 10 times. Glitter's fun. That's why. No. We it's love not fun. glitter. Glitter's not fun. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes. Doctor. Who? Doctor who? <laughs> I don't know if this is a good game or not. <laughs> All right. It's something to change it up, but I liked it. <laughs> we'll see if we do it again. Okay. Well, getting on to our guest, I've got a fantabulous guest. Fantabulous. Wow. Yeah. I made a, a new word. That's a great word for you. I know. It's a, fantab it's a fantabulous day. A what? I have a fantabulous <laughs> guest okay. coming on the show. It is sunning. It's... <laughs> 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 I think I think we're going a little Corona crazy. Yeah, I think Maybe we, a should, bit. we should just get on with our guests. All so right. let's so hear let me, who let me, we're talking to. We're going to talk to Karen Millsap. She is a speaker. She's a coach. She's a mentor. And she's somebody that's been through the fire. She actually had a devastating loss when she was 29. I'll let her share it. But that loss transformed her personally and professionally. And she's going to share her story with us on the show today. Wow. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. Should we get her online? I think we should. All right, let's do it. All right, I've got Karen Millsap on the line. Karen, welcome to the show. How are you today? Oh, thanks for having me. I'm great. The sun is shining, so I cannot complain. I am always <laughs> thankful when there's sunshine. <laughs> well, we are too. We've had a couple of wet days here in California, an uncharacteristic for this time of year, but we are happy that the sun is shining today. That must be a sign. We're going to have a great conversation with you. I'm excited. All right, so um, I've been really excited to have you come on the show because I, I've read your story, and I really feel like you were handed a really a, a, a horrible situation when you were 29. So maybe you can walk us through your life and what happened to you when you were 29. Yeah, no problem. Well, thanks for having me. I, lo I love the show and the stories that you're definitely putting out here. People need to hear because we've all been through some form of craziness or trauma or hardship or setback. When I was dealt these hands, this hand of cards, I was like, wait a minute, hold on. What? Like you just sometimes go through things and you never expect your life to take that turn. Yeah. Um, in my case, like you said, I was 29 and uh, it was a normal Monday. I worked for a national home building company as a regional recruiter. And I was working on a high-level position. So because I was talking to VPs during the day, wasn't an ideal time for them to do phone interviews. So I needed to work from home that evening. And as I contacted my husband, just said, hey, do you want me to come 
you know, swing by the gym and pick up kids. He was a CrossFit owner and he had our son and his daughter there at the gym with him during the day. And so I went to pick them up to alleviate him of those daddy daycare duties so he could finish out, you know, the rest of the session. So once I picked them up, I took my stepdaughter over to her mom's house and then my son and I headed home and I was on the first interview when I noticed that my cell phone was going off because I was using the house phone. And once I looked at the cell phone because it was going off repeatedly over several minutes, I noticed it was one of our members from the gym who had called. And I thought to myself, you know, something must have happened to Richard. But you know how you can think a million thoughts in like one nanosecond? Yes. (laughs) I went from thinking, you know, just that, oh, he must have fallen off the rig. Maybe he hit his head. Maybe he broke his arm. And then by the time I answered the phone, I had no idea what was waiting for me on the other end. But I heard screaming. And the only word that I could make out was shot. So after hearing that, you know, honestly, my body went into immediate convulsions, like my body processed before my mind did. And so I I got my son situated with a next door neighbor. I asked if they could just watch him for a little bit. I called my boss to let him know, you know, the next two or three interviews weren't going to happen because something had happened at the gym. And I was on the highway going a hundred and something miles per hour, just trying to get there as fast as I could. And at some point I thought to myself, you know, why am I not on my way to the hospital? If this happened, and if this this happened, you know, 20 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago, maybe at this point, I would be on my way to the hospital. And so once I got to the gym, it was crazy, you know, a, a scene straight out of the movies with all of the news vans and reporters there, first responders, you know, people from the community, people who I, some who I knew, some who I didn't know. It was just, it was a madhouse. And I don't remember who told me or when they told me uh, that he didn't make it. But I will tell you that what sticks out in my mind from that night is just rocking back and forth behind a bush, repeating to myself, this isn't real. This isn't real. This isn't real. And I know a lot of us have had that moment where somehow we have been dealt an unfair hand of cards and we just kind of feel like, wait, this can't, this cannot be my life. And that was the beginning of a really hard year. You know, anything that happens in our life, it's not just an isolated incident. It usually leads to a ripple effect of other things. And that's kind of what happened. Uh, from, from there, I lost, you know, my car. I lost my house. We had to obviously downsize and ended up losing my job at the end of the year. So it was just a lot of losses and changes. But the, the catalyst, I think, that started it all was obviously losing my husband. Wow. I, you know, number one, I I can't even empathize Mm -hmm. with that type of a situation because I I just don't think any of us could ever imagine being in a situation where we get that kind of a call and it, it, to have it be that way. I mean, like you would imagine some sort of an accident, but you know, to have him actually be shot and killed and like that would never be an expectation from any call that you would we'd get I mean I I I would imagine yeah the rocking back and forth I could I could see that you're just in a in a in a childlike almost fetal position like no make it go back make it go back this can't be real I'm in a dream Mm -hmm. etc I how did you process that over the next couple of days like how did you come to terms with that at the time well, it wasn't days. It was like months and years. Yeah. <laughs> and so here's one thing. People say that there are stages to grief. And the, the woman who created that, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, when she created the stages of grief, she was talking about people who found out that they had a terminally ill diagnosis. 
And so that's not for other grief situations. Although they're similar, they're not linear, we'll say. So the first stage of grief is typically shock and numbness. And that's exactly what happened. I was in such a fog and there's no time frame. You're like, say, are oh, you going to go through this in a couple of weeks or a couple of months? There's no time frame to that. Some people will tell you time heals all wounds. No, that's bogus. It does not. Time does nothing without healthy action. And so the first several weeks and months, I just felt numb. I just could not accept this was my reality. And, you know, we see, unfortunately, we see stories of, you know, loss on the news a lot. And we feel bad for them. But when it happens to you, it's like unbelievable. You just cannot fathom that this is your reality. And so I struggled with that for a while. Uh, There was a moment, though, and I'm so grateful for this. And I really felt like, you know, I'm a believer. I call myself a God girl, right? So Jesus (laughs) is my homeboy. And so I really felt like, uh, I, I felt like the spirit just kind of downloaded in me this opportunity to choose my direction and to see that. And so it came through a moment where I was laying in bed. I'd been there for a couple of days. My son came into the room and he was two at the time. He was two when his dad died. And he came in and he said, mommy, are you going to get up today? And I realized in that moment that I had two choices how this was going to impact my life. I was either going to give up, which is a choice, or I was going to get up, which is also a choice. And that doesn't mean that it comes easily. And it doesn't mean that, you know, it's the switch that automatically turns on. But it is a shift in your thinking. And so from that moment on, I chose to take every thought captive. That's what was really driving me crazy. I was replaying the fact that my husband died. I was thinking about all the things that we had lost. I was thinking about how my life would never be the same. And I was literally spiraling out of control in my mind because of those negative thoughts. But when he came in and he said that to me, it resonated so deeply with my heart that I was choosing to focus on all of the destruction. And it was also my choice and within my power to choose to focus on healing. And that is what really started my commitment to my healing journey because, you know, your healing and your happiness, that's your responsibility. Nobody can do that for you. And so once I realized that it did become, I'll be honest, it felt very daunting. You know, it felt like I couldn't do it, that how was I going to find my confidence again? Or was I ever going to laugh again? So then I had to break it down to thinking, okay, I'm going to take it breath by breath, because I can't even get through a day. If somebody said day by day, I'd be like, that's way too much, sir. I cannot even think that far in advance. Yeah. But if I can break it down to moment by moment and breath by breath of like, what am I choosing to think about in this moment? What am I choosing to do in this moment? All of those small decisions, they really, they really do add up to big and transformative results. Yeah, I, th- I think you're, you're so wise. I think there's several messages in there that just resonated strongly with me. And I, I think you're right. When you think about the daunting task, I just imagined as soon as you said it just felt daunting, like this path to recovery or path to, you know, some yeah. sort of stability. It, it, I imagined you climbing Mount Everest with no experience whatsoever and no training. Like how daunting would that be? And I have heard people say day by day, but I've also heard uh, somebody say, you know, five minutes, like breaking it up into five minutes. And I think that you have to you said take your thoughts captive and and I would say yes redirect them you know when that when that fear washes over you redirect it nope I'm gonna think positive or think about hope I'm gonna I'm gonna just you know move in a different direction with my mind and with my thoughts and so that was instinctual for you 
or what did you have any background in that? So I didn't have a background in this. So I would say that it was instinctual, but there was something that helped me to realize. And again, I, I really give this credit to the Holy Spirit just to say that I knew that I needed the tools to cultivate that kind of mindset. And we don't really talk about that a lot nowadays. When we talk about like mental health, we just talk about illnesses and disorders, but really everybody needs to be focused on their mental health. And so in that space, I didn't even realize that, but I knew that I needed to focus on the tools that would help me to develop a healthier mindset. And honestly, it came from this point. I refused to be defeated. So I didn't really know how I was going to get through this, but I was just like, I'm not going to let fear win. I'm not going to let misery win. I'm not. And I will say that, you know, being positive doesn't make everything better, but being negative always makes things worse. And so once that was really anchored in my heart and I did not want to be a miserable, unhealthy mom, you know, my son was really my North star. Then I started to focus on the small details, like making sure I was getting enough water, you know, making sure I was eating right. So I wasn't moody. It was just a little feeding my soul. I wasn't watching scary movies. I was purposely removing anything that would cause more stress or sadness or, you know, negativity in my life. I was, I was choosing to move that out, even watching the news. I stopped all of that and I was replacing it with positive, uplifting, healthy habits. And so that's where it started to build. I love that message. I think that there's several sound bites in there that would be perfect sound bites for, you know, hope or stirring hope. And I, I think for you in particular, I think that the problem was compounded, I, I imagine, because not only did you lose the love of your life, not only did you lose your husband, but from what I understand, that led to a cascade of other additional problems such as the financial ones. You know, how am I going to cover the mortgage? How am I going to pay for cars? How am I, you know, so it's not only the event and trying to just survive the event, but it's almost like it's a double whammy and certain because you just keep getting hit. You keep getting hit with other things. It's like I imagine a lot of people are in that situation right now. Think of a restaurant owner right now that knows at this particular moment they probably can't save their business and now they're worried about, okay, is, am I going to lose my house? Am I going to lose my car? Am I going to lose this? How long is this going to persist? How how can I possibly get myself out of it? So I, I feel like your message is going to feel similar, uh, notwithstanding, obviously, the loss of a loved one, but just the, the financial effects of the uncertainty of the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think a huge misconception is that people believe grief is only tied to a death, and it's not. Grief is tied to any kind of loss or change. And so when you can acknowledge that, when I say that I'm like moving things into a positive direction, I decided to stop focusing on the negative. You know, just to be clear, that doesn't mean that the negative thoughts stop coming. (laughs) You know, once you develop a, a growth mindset or once you start looking for the positive, that does not push away all of the natural feelings of worry or anxiety that come up with hard times. And so it's really just a matter of of what I think I'm very fortunate and I was able to learn how to do this and everybody has access to this is being able to accept the hard times, but choosing my response to them. And another great example is when I was uh, let go, when I was fired from my job, that rocked my confidence as a single widowed mom. I mean, come on. I was like, (laughs) how much more of a failure could I be? (laughs) Wow. And what was the time frame between when you lost your husband and a then lose, losing the job a year later? 
Yep. It was a year later. It was almost exactly a, a year later, a little over a year. And, and, and honestly, it was when I went through that, that again, I looked at, okay, I lost my job. I felt horrible. I was crying, sobbing. So I, I definitely feel for anybody who's gone through furlough or they're losing their business. I know that feeling. And, but when I was looking at that situation, I thought to myself, okay, this is either going to define me, right? I'm either going to let this define how I feel about myself and my abilities, or it is going to help me to become better. And I like to say, like, your problems can either define you or they refine you. But that's, again, it's your choice. Any hardship that comes against you, any setback is actually an opportunity to grow. So for the people who have found themselves in this situation and, and maybe their business is falling apart and it's not the same, I would encourage them to open up their mind and, and release that negativity because negativity will stifle your creativity. And so if you are only focusing on the negative, you're not going to see the opportunities to pivot your business. You know, you're going to need to problem solve. You're going to need to, you know, be a little more creative. You're going to have to focus and concentrate on looking forward instead of looking where you are right now. And that does take practice, a growth mindset. It is absolutely, and hope is absolutely possible. And that's how you get to see those challenges or even those setbacks as, really great opportunities to change direction. Yeah, I, I love that. And you're right. I think that it is it is about pivoting. It is about, you know, letting those feelings, like we're human, we're, we're supposed to feel. Like we have emotions, we have feelings. Letting them wash over you, but not letting them attach to you. Not getting stuck yeah. in that downward spiral of negativity and fear and worry and anxiety and all that other stuff. I think one of the best things that you can do to change your mindset often is to come along somebody else and be of service to somebody else. Like we were floored at how much we've been hope filled by doing this podcast, coming alongside others, staring or sharing stories of their perseverance. Right. And so I guess my question to you would be in those moments. Yeah. You, you are going to be scared. You are going to have fear. You are going to have, you know, you're going to have bad days. You're going to have bad moments. But how specifically did you redirect that? So what? how did you functionally deal with that? What mechanism or workout mentally did you do to rise above it? I didn't know what it was called then, but now I have a framework because it really was important for me to be able to teach this to other people. So it's a mental exercise that I called stop and shift. So stop has all to do with the voice. And shift has to do with the choice. So when you think about stop, again, our minds, for some reason, are hardwired to focus on the negative. And so we need to be able to tune into the voice inside of our head so we can notice when we are dwelling on negative thoughts so that we can then get to the second part, which is shifting them, choosing a new direction. But on that first part, when we are learning how to stop the voice, we're really, in a, essentially, we're learning how to build our awareness with that inner dialogue. I mean, you know this, like if you're in the shower, you're thinking about a grocery list, right? <laughs> if you are maybe in front of the computer, you start thinking about something you have to do later. Like we are, if we can 
think like I think the statistic is we think somewhere between sixty and eighty thousand thoughts per day. Well, so my love- my wife will tell you that she does twenty times that. <laughs> she she does. Yeah. I she, totally do. She's the list maker. She's always thinking, like, we were just talking about this this morning. We this, some, Something came up or whatever, and I said, well, why would you think? Well, she's all, these are the 55 things that run through my head immediately when you say that. And I'm like, that makes my head, you know, I'm I'm simpler than that. I'm, Sean's I, like, I've got a headache. <laughs> <laughs> how, yeah. do you, how do you think I feel? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. With with it's all like of that. up. your browser open and all the tabs, like, like a million exactly. tabs opened up at once. <laughs> See, she gets me. Yes. <laughs> I see that. You just give so me a hard time. For, <laughs> we're going to say for women, we think double that amount. Yes, so. please do. Yes. Please, that's, yeah, that's, please validate me. Yeah. I, uh-oh. Yeah. Now, now I'm in trouble. But, <laughs> but the truth is, is that if we don't pay attention to those thoughts, then we really do feel like we're going crazy, right? We're yeah. not paying attention to the ones that are, are detrimental. We're not noticing that and we're not taking power over our thoughts and you can't renew your thoughts if you're not first paying attention to them so that's why that first part stop is so important and then again the second part of shift you're going to shift them uh, you're choosing to redirect your thoughts to a more positive and productive direction and i'll give you a quick example obviously this works for big things right if you're dwelling on your hardships or if you're choosing to to look for a new opportunity but it's in the small moments too so my son who is now nine years old i think he might have been about seven at the time he was dragging his feet one morning to get out to school and i told him a couple times hey come on bud like we got to keep moving like i need you to stay on course right and so at one point as i was urging him along I walk by his bathroom and he's playing with his toothbrush in the water, like sword fighting the water or something. (laughs) I am boiling because I'm like, dude, I've already told you 18 times. We know as parents, if I have to tell you more than once, I'm like fast track to irritation, right? And so as I am looking at him and I feel in my mind, I I sense in my mind, I'm starting to go off. I'm like, why can't you just listen? In my mind, I'm screaming. Like, why can't you just listen? And I thought to myself, okay, but what's actually coming out of my mouth? I don't want to start my son's day screaming at him. And that turns to be his inner voice for the day. And I don't want to start off with that kind of energy. So I just said to him again, with a little more, you know, pep in his step, hey, bud, we really need to go hurry up, get the toothbrush in your mouth. Let's make it happen. I could have, I chose two different ways. I saw two different ways. I could have gone crazy and gone eight because I lost my patience. But I noticed that in my mind and I made a choice of how I was going to show up in the moment. But when we practice it more in those small disruptions throughout our day, it becomes easier to find that alternate path when we have those big disruptions in life. Yes, absolutely. So I have a question for you relative to how you, so you lost your husband and then a year later you lose your job. And so financially, like, how did you move forward in that circumstance? Like, I, I, I just imagine that you were pretty much at the bottom of your barrel financially. So how did you take the steps to, to move in a different direction? Because now you do something completely different than working with a homeowner or a big home building company. So like, how did you rise out of the financial devastation? So there were a couple of different elements to my story. One is we didn't have life insurance. My husband wasn't eligible for social security because a lot of his adult life, he played basketball overseas. And so, you know, that 
doesn't contribute to our government. So, you know, we don't get anything. So I literally was starting from zero, zero. What I did at that point was I looked to see how can I move forward. And the company, when they terminated me, gave me six weeks of severance. So that brought me right up until the end of the year. And so I thought by that time, I need to have either found another job or I need to start my own business. I decided to become an entrepreneur because what was most important to me above all things was being able to be there for my son first. As a single parent, I needed the freedom and flexibility to be at everything he needed me to be. And so I gave myself a time frame. By this time, I would need to have either a certain amount of money or... And so my thought process was, well, what skills or what talents do I have right now that I can leverage in a different way so that I can be an entrepreneur? I had so many contacts being a recruiter that I decided, okay, I don't love this, but I could contract myself out as a recruiter. And within my network, I could just be a resource to them. And that's actually how I, that's my first venture as an entrepreneur was uh, being a headhunter. And so now I did, I was very strategic. I wasn't going for small jobs. I was going for big jobs, right? I was going for like the VPs, the directors, the ones that I knew would even though they would, might be few and far between, they were going to pay out enough that they could hold me over as I was trying to build my business. And then in the midst of that journey, a friend of mine, she called me out. She said, this is, this is not your heart. This is not what you want to do. So you need to step out on faith and start building a business that you really believe in and doing work that you love to do. And that's what helped me to get aligned with trying to normalize the conversation around grief, talking about mindset and mental health, And I really believe that, you know, again, a lot of it was faith because I would be down to my last dollar and then there's tax season. So I got a little bit of something coming back or, you know, again, down to the last $18 in the account. And oh, my gosh, finally, somebody paid an invoice. Right. But what helped me to get through those seasons of not having enough was one perspective, knowing that money wasn't going to be that fast track to fulfillment. And so I cut back on a lot of things. I became a really good steward of my money. I cut out so many expenses that were unnecessary, right? Whether they were subscriptions, cables, cutting my phone bill down, whatever. I cut everything down to the bare minimum. And then I was just being more strategic about the work that I was doing. And along the way, I had to learn my value because as an entrepreneur, you may be a little modest as you're starting off. You're not really sure. You're finding your worth. But I do think that those two things helped me. It was, you know, one, being a good steward and knowing that my success was not tied to the amount of money in my bank account. And that helped me to keep pushing forward. And two, learning my value and really speaking up about that. So I wasn't shortchanging myself as I was positioning myself as an expert. Yeah, shortchanging yourself out of out of a temporary position of need. You know, I need I need money right now, but yet recognizing that I mean that can be a a balancing act. You know, one day to the next, you're you're either confident or you're not. But I, I love I love you sharing. I love your story. I want to talk about faith for a second because I want to know how that played a role. Because it sounds like to me you'd mentioned something in our earlier conversation about getting a download. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like when you get this, when you receive something that doesn't feel like it was generated from your own mind, it comes out of nowhere and your spirit says there's something different to it. And then that that feed that you get, maybe it's an idea, maybe it's a, maybe it's a word, maybe it's a word from somebody else. And so how did your faith help you deal not only with the loss of your of your husband, but then also this this rebuilding of your life? Did you get a download to go in this different direction? Was it just your friend? Like, let's talk about the faith component for a second. 
So right before, I would say maybe six weeks before I was let go, I started to feel this stir in my spirit that I needed to do more with my story. And it really came up very clear. You're going to take your pain, turn it into purpose, and you're going to pay it forward. And I was literally like, I don't know who you're talking to, God, because that is not me. I don't have, I don't have the attitude. I don't have the resources. I don't even know what you're talking about. And so it sat there for a little bit, but it started to grow. And I feel like all of us have purpose can be a heavy word, but I do think that we all have a purpose that was really given to us at birth. And it's going to be our experiences and our talents and even our connections that start to bring that to life. Because once it's ignited in you, you cannot suppress it. And so once that was ignited in me, even though I wasn't feeding it, it continued to grow in other ways. And so when I was let go, I saw that as I would have never had the courage, never, because I wanted my son was first, stability was first. I would have never left that job. But I needed to be pushed out in order to get on the path that led to my purpose. And so as I started to journey through this, you know, the first year or so, I didn't go to church. It was very hard for me to go to church because it was just filled with memories of, you know, my husband and I. And But I got closer to God during that time than I ever have before. And it was because I never stopped talking to him. I literally said, I remember saying to him, I'm like, hey, listen, if you're going to take my husband, you better get ready for an earful because I got a <laughs> lot to say. Like, now you're the person I'm talking to about everything. Yeah. And I just, I feel like it's not about religion. It's about relationships. So the more I was talking to him, I felt like the more I found him in, in the small, what I call God hug. And so, like I gave you that example, I stepped out on faith to start my own business. I literally was down to like my last $8 and then an invoice came through or an opportunity was presented or, and so I would see that and I would say, okay, something is helping me to stay on this path. So even when I feel fearful, I'm going to choose to be faithful. And so that really did help me to build up my resilience. And there were so many, I mean, gosh, I have like a whole notebook of God hugs that just came up that helped to reassure me that I was on the right path. But for anybody who wants to know more of what that looks like, I feel like the best book that was able to articulate this journey for me was The Alchemist. I don't know if you have either of you read that. No, I haven't read it. Jen? No, I haven't. Oh, it's incredible. It is such an incredible book. I just wrote it down. (laughs) uh, Yes, please, please. It is so good because a lot of this journey has to do with your faith and having faith in things that you can't see and you can't understand. And another great way that I heard this said was actually in the movie Frozen 2, because he says you may not be able to see the whole journey, but just take the next step or two. And that is all we need to do. I really feel like God calls us to be in the present moment. I know he does. There's a lot of scripture that points us to like, don't worry about the future, like, you know, and let go of the past. All I need you to do is be present in this moment. And the way that I would really anchor myself to that is with gratitude. Like, okay, do I have a roof over my head? You know, was there food on the table today? Even if it was a little bit, it wasn't what I wanted. We are okay today. And I have faith in the things that I don't even understand yet. But I know that everything is pointing me in that direction. Yeah, faith over fear, moving forward without knowing, having the courage to just rely on and depend on 
your faith in God that he will provide. And your story is, is a testament to be down to your last eight bucks. And then an invoice is paid. And like every, every single time, man, you made a, you know, I'm just imagining something, you know, coming down out of the sky and just skimming the water just a little bit and then rising back up again, <laughs> yeah. you know, like a, like a bird or whatever. And I, and I just feel like you, uh, lived that and that, actually was a was a blessing because it helped to grow that relationship with God. You know, I imagine that you you look at your life now and there's no no question that it's different today and in some respects probably better today than it was pre um losing your husband because I I don't think you would have found this center or this this faith reliance that you have now had everything continued to go as it was. Would you agree with that? Some people who are, are really just curious about faith. And I love that. Right? I'm like, you should be curious. I'm still curious. I'm still learning. But they say, why, if there is, uh, and this is not to get like too down this path, but it, it is real for me. People will say like, how can we believe that there is a good God when all these bad things happen? And I'll tell them my, my story. And I say, because through the bad, I have seen so many other things grow. I've seen my faith grow. I've seen relationships grow. You know, I, there's so much more that comes out of it because what happens is those things that are bad actually turn into good or they turn into growth and they serve a bigger purpose. And so I, I never really questioned because, of, of, well, I will say that I questioned, I had a lot of questions like, why would you let something bad happen if you are in control of everything? But then I realized because at the end of all of this, everything works together for good. And literally everything, every setback, every trial, if you choose to go through that journey with a growth mindset, good will come out of it. And if you feel like you can't find the good, this is something I also did. I would remind myself of all of the good things or times that God was faithful beforehand. Like sometimes we really can't see it, right? We really don't see how we're going to get through a situation. But can you think back of how you were able to get through your hard times before? Yeah, you can. And if you've gotten through every hard time before, have faith that you will get through this one as well. Yeah, I, I love that. I think that's a that's the best message that we can share is, you know, Jen and I have lived that. We, we've seen God show up. And I, and I think, you know, if you talk about religion, I, I agree. We won't go down to, too far down that path. But the reality of it is, is, is it's a broken world and we have free choice. Somebody chose to take your husband's life. Okay. And, yeah. and I don't believe that God liked that, wanted that, or you know, created that circumstance. I just believe that that happened, but I do know that God is a faithful God. He's a loving God. And I do believe that he wants to try to take a bad thing and, and squeeze as much good out of it as is possibly available to us. And so Jen and I've lived that we've seen, we've gone through some really challenging times, personally, uh, in our marriage, etc., and and God showed up after, and, and the beauty out of the ashes has been incredible to see, and I think that that's the message sometimes that gets lost with people. If they've never encountered something truly, like, life-rocking, like, shattering to your existence— and and then come through it, they don't really understand that there is hope, that there is brighter days, that this actually could be, you know, like for Jen and I, our experiences have, have we now look back on them, many of them as blessings in disguise, because it, it got yes. us to a better place in our in our marriage, in our life, in our uh, relationship with God, in our relationship with our kids, in our health, 
etc. So like just remember that what you think right now is devastation and catastrophe could be a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, the biggest blessing in disguise that you've ever received in your life. Yep. Yep. And an oversimplified way of explaining this to people. And I did this with my son is when he first learned how to ride a bike, how many times did he fall? A million. And he walked away with scraped knees and it did not feel good. It was hard. He felt defeated, but he kept going. And on the other side of all of that, because he continued to practice and believe in himself, he was able to find that skill of riding a bike. He developed that skill, I should say, of riding a bike. It's the same thing when we fall or when we feel like we have setbacks. It helps you develop other areas of growth because you're going to harness new skills and that helps you become the best version of yourself. Yeah, I agree with that. I I mean, I look at your circumstance and I think that not only did your relationship to God grow, but I, I imagine your confidence in yourself. You had to rebuild yourself. You had to pick yourself up. You had to provide for your son and yourself and you had to move forward in life. And so like having risen out of that now must give you confidence that you can you can take on a lot of stuff in this life and still come out on top. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the biggest uh, turning point for me was I had so many, I had three different web developers. They failed me and I didn't have a website. I'm trying to be an entrepreneur and get this all together. And I had to learn how to build a website myself. And at the end of that journey, I thought to myself, well, dang, Karen, I didn't even know you had that in you. Like, oh, yes. Like, again, when you think something is against you, it actually helps you to bring out the best of you and develop new skills. I mean, I've seen it time and time again. And I I share all of these moments where I felt defeated and where things did not work out for me and they continue to, you know, be bumps in the road now. I share these things with full transparency because people need to know that everybody goes through stuff like this. It's just about how you choose to respond to it that's going to shape the quality of your life and the circumstances. Tell us about your business now. You are a coach. Do you, I mean, is, t- tell us a little bit about what you actively do on a day-to-day basis now with your life and your business and your profession, your entrepreneurship. Yeah, so I split between, I'm a speaker, I'm a coach, and I'm also a consultant. Um, in those areas, I am hyper-focused on revolutionizing the conversation around mental health because, as I mentioned earlier, it is a very one-sided conversation. And we surely need to bring more awareness to illnesses and disorders, but we also need to make sure that everybody is equipped with tools to build their mental health and a strong, resilient mindset. And so uh, when I speak, you know, I'm often talking about anything that has to do with building a strong mindset. When I work with individuals and I coach them, we do talk about mindset, but it's also a lot of goal setting, which I love. Because as you just heard, I'm like, oh, there's a problem. Let's get to it. Let's find a solution. So, so I love working in that space. And then and then consulting with organizations that really want to be more human centric and they want to, uh, you know, give their teams the tool that they need, the tools they need to be resilient, um, you know, as, a, as an organization with more compassion, more empathy, and certain certainly with a stronger and healthier mindset. I love that. I, th- I think that's great. So if someone's listening, if they wanted to connect with you and or receive coaching from you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, the best way to really find out any and everything I'm doing is my website, KarenMillsap.com. That's two L's and Millsap. Um, but all the resources, I have a ton of resources that are out there for individuals who are just looking to um, you know, start this growth journey. Um, but anything that's happening in my world will definitely be listed on the website. It's a great place to engage with me there. 
Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you so much for your truth. Thank you so much for your honesty and your candor and your story. I mean, I just, I, I, I imagine, well, number one, I'd love the chance to meet you personally mm-hmm. whenever all of this COVID stuff yeah. ends. Like just hanging out and, and, and having a coffee together would be an awesome time. I think Jen and I would love that. But uh, beyond that, just thank you for your sharing. And, you know, I think that your story is a story of resilience. I think it's a story of faith. And I think it's a story of, um, you know, rising above out of the ashes and creating something beautiful and new mm-hmm. with your life when you're, when you're given that opportunity. Like you, you were presented with effectively a clean slate. And I really feel like you've done the best that you can do to try to rebuild yourself out of that to become the best version of yourself possible. And, and I just applaud you for it. It's, it's a great story. No, well, thank you so, so much. And yes to coffee. As long as that <laughs> coffee date comes with a hug from both of you, I've been oh. hugged. Am I the only one? <laughs> I'm a big hugger. I am a big hugger, and I honestly miss them too. Like, so we, much. You just miss interaction. You miss fellowship. You I just miss... want to touch people. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> come here. Come here. Give me, give me a hug. Yeah. You, I, don't, you should... I don't know what's going to happen when they let me out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to touch all the people and <laughs> local woman arrested for inappropriate yeah. contact. <laughs> I know. Inappropriate I, hugging. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It, it might happen. Too I mean. frequently, too many people. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again, guys, for, you know, even just being obedient when you were moved to start this podcast. I think it's a great platform. I love the stories that you're sharing. I'm grateful to just, you know, be one of many. So yeah. thanks so much. Well, you're welcome, Thank and you. and we're, it's the same lesson that we learned uh, that you talked about learning from yourself and your experiences. That is that when you exercise that muscle of fellowship with God and listening to that still small voice, things like this happen. This was born out of our faithfulness and not fear, but our faithfulness and what God was sharing with us. And I think that's a message that people need to hear too. Listen to that voice. Trust your gut. Move forward in confidence. Faith over fear. Yes, always. Amen. All right, Jen. So what did you think of our chat with Karen? I think, first of all, she's an amazing speaker. She is. She speaks well. Yes. Like, I was just, she just flows. And I think, you know, we talked to her a little bit after uh, the show ended, and mm-hmm. she said to just, you know, she prays to God before she comes online. Like, and sometimes it just, it just flows. Like, yeah. it's not... It's not rehearsed. It's not something she says every time she comes on a show or podcast or has a speaking engagement. It just flows out of her from (laughs) God Almighty and the Holy Spirit. I love that. I love that she calls herself a God girl. Yes. Because I call myself a Jesus freak. Yes. So I was like, whoa, like. God girl, Jesus freak, put them together. What do you got? Uh God train. You you got hope. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. You got empowered women changing the world and you got hope. Yeah. But I you know, can you imagine like what she had to go through? No. Nope. Yeah. I mean, I don't like think anyone just, can imagine it like like she had said, so you really don't know unless you're going through it. Yeah, there's there's no way to have empathy for that kind mm-hmm. of a situation unless you've faced a devastating yeah. loss and then compounded with the challenges and the trials that right. she went through after the fact, but you know, I love a story of resilience. Um, she has grown out of that experience and become a stronger person as a result. Mm -hmm. And 
that's awesome. I yeah. think that part of it is awesome. God will show up. He'll meet you and he'll extract with your help. You've got to be part of the process, but with your help, he'll extract the maximum possible benefit out of a negative yeah. situation. I believe that. I, I I've lived that. that. Too. Yeah. You've lived that. I, I, I loved how she said, you know, like a lot of people say, just take it day by day, one mm-hmm. day at a time. And she's like, no, like I'm taking it like one breath at a time. And I'm like, that makes so much sense because a day is really long. Yeah. That's you know, too I've, big, I've too noticed that in the, in this pandemic, like one whole day lasts forever. So if you can like, just, you know, go breath by breath, five minutes, whatever by five minutes and just yeah. get through those next minutes, I think it's just easier to process and deal with. Yeah. Taking it in, in super mm-hmm. small chunks. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to do that. You yeah. know, just, just to weather it, just because it's that much pressure right. or that much despair or overwhelm or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. It reminded me of like, you know, like one mile at a time when you're yes. running a marathon, just focus on the mile that you're in kind of thing, like or, one mile at a time. Or going back to what you said, one step. Mm-hmm. Some, I just got it one step. I got to yeah. take one step forward. You're not even a mile. I can't yeah. even think of a mile. You get to what, mile 20? Like you've done a couple of marathons. You 26. Get to mile, I know, two. but w- at what point does it like, oh my gosh, I want to quit? Mile two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mile two, I'm like, what have I you done? You are my girl. I'm, I'm right there with you. I paid for this. Like seriously, like I could be in bed and eating Mickey waffles or something. Yes. But I am running a marathon today. Oh, to run a marathon, to have gatherings. I can't to wait people. to run another marathon. I know. It just it just seems like such a distant memory now. Yeah. And touch all the sweaty people. And Jennifer. Ooh. Yeah. I just gross. want I just want to do it all. I don't want to do that. (laughs) I'll do it for you. All right. So if people want to connect with us more, how do they do so? Well, you can reach out to us on Hope Radio Podcast on Facebook and Hope Radio Podcast on Instagram. And if they want to download a podcast, they can do on so mm-hmm. on iHeartRadio. We got Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Amazon Alexa. All you can do is say Hope Radio Podcast and Amazon Alexa. Echo, I guess it's Echo. It's not Alexa. It's an Echo. We, echo will play our podcast. Yeah, because maybe you can change your name. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. I know somebody that changed their name to something else. I think we should. What do you want to change your name to? I don't know, but everyone else named theirs Alexa. Mm. It comes with a name. So I think it's respectful to change their name to a real name. What name would you select? I have to think about this. How about Gertrude? No. <laughs> I mean, not, no. Eunice? No, like a pretty name. Like not what? that that's not pretty, but. <laughs> like what? Like Pixie. Oh, well, we're going to name our Echo Pixie. My, my Peloton's named Pixie. Well, we can't have two pixies. Okay, we'll name her Tinkerbell. <laughs> Tinkerbell, play the Hope Radio podcast. Oh, we are definitely going Corona crazy. All right, so I want to get to my Hope Thought of the Day. How about that? Okay. So this is from Rumi. You were born with potential. You were born with goodness and trust. You were born with ideals and dreams. You were born with greatness. You were born with wings. You are not meant for crawling, so don't. You have wings. Learn to use them and fly. Like Tinkerbell. Yes. I love it. I love it too. (laughs) Makes me think of hope. It's so perfect. All right. So should we do this again? Should we have another Hope Radio podcast tomorrow? I think we are doing it again. Are we? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay.